Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. series on the fruit of the spirit and you've listened to the fruit of the spirit of love and then last week joy and if you haven't listened to those messages I would say go back and listen online make sure you get the handouts to fill them in uh, pastor Melissa hit it out of the park last week and just spoke a message that would change your life and so make sure you listen to it if you've been away and this morning we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit peace peace And so there was two artists, and they were asked to paint a picture in their idea what peace meant. And so one painted a quiet, still lake far back in the mountains. And some people, you might look at this picture and go, that's peace. That's where I want to go. Just relax and rest and just recuperate and just feel no noise. Just quietness. Now the other one, The other artist painted a raging, rushing waterfall, which had a birch tree leaning out over the water with a bird resting in the nest on the branches. And this was peace for them. And see, for some of us, we automatically assume the first one is peace. And this one doesn't sound peaceful because there's lots of noise. Not only is there noise, but you're getting wet. It's spraying water everywhere. But see, the first one that we look at with the nice quiet still, I envision that as holidays. Everybody's, most people get to take a holiday. You get to sit and relax and rest. But how many people know we don't live on holidays? I know many of us are like, oh, I wish I did. But we don't. But we get to take holidays. But most of our life, to me, is this. The rushing of life, the noise of life. But in all of that, God still wants us to be like the bird who's able just to rest. Just to rest in his presence. And so there's a moment in peace that God wants us to have. And in the Bible, Jesus talks, he's on the boat with his disciples in Matthew 28. And it says this, when he got into the boat and the disciples followed him, suddenly... A furious storm came upon the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. See, I find it interesting that Jesus was kind of upset with them that they lost faith so fast. They didn't realize who was with them. They forgot who was in the boat. And so he gets up and he speaks to it. And peace happens. See, I think in our life, when we're in a storm, we forget sometimes where Jesus is. And as we sang, he's always with us. He's always beside us. 
And in the moment in the storm, some of us believe that when the storm happens that we can't have God's peace, but actually what the storm means is we get to experience his peace. Because see, it's impossible. There is no peace without opposition. We can't experience peace unless there's something going on. And so in this, they're asking to... Jesus is questioning them because they didn't trust him. And so in your storms, do you trust the Lord? In those moments when the waters seem loud and rough, do you remember that he's beside you? Do we trust in him? See, Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, it says, All this I have spoken while still with you. Verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace, the Greek word here is irene, which means Freedom from worry. And Joyce Meyer, she says, it's impossible to worry and live in peace at the same time. It's impossible to worry and live at peace at the same time. So if we truly trust God, we can't be worrying about the situation. We can be praying about it. We can be doing our part. But we shouldn't be losing sleep over it. If you notice in the storm, Jesus is sleeping in the boat just to rest. To rest in his promises, to rest in his presence. Joyce Myers goes on to write and she says, um, in reference to John 14, 27, he said, we must not allow ourselves to be fearful, intimidated, and unsettled. In other words, peace is present in us. It must be chosen over what our fleshly mind thinks. We can choose to be peaceful by choosing to think on the things that promote peace rather than the things that open the door to worry and anxiety. See, the group word, Irene, it is also used in the armor of God. And so this is where the armor of God and the fruit of the Spirit actually overlap with peace. When you read on the armor of God in Ephesians 6, starting at verse 14, it says, Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith, which, with which you can extinguish all flames and arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. And then the same word is used in our verse that we're using this summer with the Galatians 5.22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So I find it interesting that in both situations, what should just produce out of my life because I'm close to God, the fruitfulness that comes, there's peace. But every day God tells me to put on the armor of God. I'm supposed to put on his peace. There's a choice here. We choose peace. We choose peace. We choose to think the way that God has asked us to think. 
We accept our circumstances, but knowing the promises will get us through it. Knowing that on the other side is what God is telling us. And so therefore, no matter what is happening, we can still have peace in our hearts. In the middle of our struggles and battles, when we're getting ready to fight, we should still be able to have the fruit of peace. I think it's interesting that some of us, when we see struggles around us, we worry and we get anxious. And we forget that in Psalms 23, David writes, You prepare a table for me before you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. I like the message version where it says, You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we get anxious, when we get worried, when we are unsettled, a lot of us lose our appetite. Some of us feel like we can't eat. Then there's the flip side, some of us we only eat. Maybe those that only eat really receive the peace of God and just enjoy the six course meal. But there's a part of the peace where God says, no, no, you don't need to worry. In your circumstances, you don't have to put in the effort. You don't have to solve the problem. Because see, the battle that we're fighting is not against flesh and blood. It's against the powers of the, dark, of the um, enemy. It's the powers of the darkness. And so when we see struggles, if it's a person, when we see relationship struggles, there's actually something happening underneath. Sometimes it's just the enemy trying to cause doubt in the Lord. Trying to cause us not to think on the promises of God. To realize truly what he has for us. So we're supposed to sit and relax and let Jesus do his thing. Because there's a rest of God that we haven't fully grasped. There's a rest and a peace of God that in our own minds, in our own mindsets that we can't understand. And I understand that today in today's society, anxiety is very high. And I understand that sometimes it's not as just simple as choosing. But when we get the word of God into us and we understand the promises of God, this is where when Jesus says to us, the wise builder built his house on the rock. And I love this verse and I tell a lot of friends this verse because it's interesting and I've said it before. He doesn't say, if a storm comes... He says, when, when a storm comes, you can stand, you will stand and your house will survive. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you think, oh, Christians have it all together. I can't accept Jesus yet. We do not have it all together. We just know who to lean on. We know who is there with us. And so in those times, we're not doing this by ourselves. I understand that I'm not fighting this battle by myself. When the stress comes and when the worry thoughts happen, I'm able to remember the promises of God and lean on him. And begin to worship him and try to get into his presence. Because it's in his presence where the peace is. And see, the rest of God 
is something that we haven't fully obtained yet. In Hebrews 4, it says this in verse 11. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. Just as God did from his last, let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest. When we find this, this is where in the peace comes in the storm. If you're in that hard time, you're like, Chad, you don't understand what's going on. You're right, I might not. But we've all had storms. We all have had struggles. And when you can lean on him and trust in him, it's the rest that you will find. Jesus actually said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. So when trouble comes our way, we shouldn't be shocked. As Christians, we shouldn't ask ourselves, where is God? It's right there. He's right there. He told you that's going to happen. Because we live in a fallen world. But there's the peace. Philippians 4, starting at verse 4, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we need to train our mind to think of things of Christ. We need to, one, read our words so we understand what the promises of God are. So we can have them inside of us. So when the trouble comes, we have scripture to speak over them. When the enemy attacked Jesus, when he was being tempted, Jesus responded with scripture. We can't respond with scripture if we don't have scripture in us. I don't know how to fight spiritually if I haven't trained for it. Nobody wants a lifeguard that can't swim diving in after them if they're drowning. So therefore, you need to know how to swim in a spiritual realm and how to fight the enemy and his schemes and having the promises of God in your heart. We meditate on the word. We memorize scripture. We get it into us so that we can fight. Because see, first off, we need to recognize that when our thoughts are not of him, we need to understand what God's thoughts are for our lives. I always say that God will convict you. He will not condemn you. So God will tell you you've done something wrong. He just won't identify you as it. So maybe you told a lie. That doesn't mean you're a liar. The enemy will identify you with the sin. He will condemn you. He will try to tear you down as a person. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten that whole bag of chips. And God will convict me. The enemy will insult me. 
There's things in our lives where we need to identify, be able to recognize the thoughts that are in our head and which ones are of Christ and which ones are not. One of the ways you can identify, am I concentrating, do I understand the promises that God has for my life, is there peace in my heart, is do you talk more about your problem or do you talk more about God? Do we share our problems? When people say, come to us and like, hey, how's it going? I'm not saying be fake. I'm saying, what do we talk about more? Some of us have a hard time accepting healing or accepting change in our lives because the struggle in our life has actually become our identity. I'm not so-and-so, I'm so-and-so with this. I'm so-and-so who struggles with this. Our identity is not in Christ. When our identity is in Christ, when we talk about Christ, when we talk about Jesus, we give him praise and we give him honor. And in those moments, the more we talk about something, the more even ourselves we hear it. And our words are powerful. So do we remember what God has done? Do you journal? Do you write down prayers that you've prayed? Miles, we've been praying for Miles for years and most of you know that and have prayed with us and just a few weeks ago or last week, Miles had to go for an allergy test and so we had to take him off of all of his allergy medicine for about almost a week and it, we were nervous and he went to the allergist had the test done still allergic to what he's allergic to but we sat at the table after the allergist appointment and we remembered that for a week he didn't have any allergy medicine he didn't take any of his special medication that he has and he didn't break out and he was able to sleep through the night and there was no fits and there was no outbreak and it made us think wait a minute he's still allergic but there's been an answer to prayer. And so we began to thank the Lord. And we, honestly, it took a minute for us to remember. Oh, wait a minute, there is something to be thankful for here. Yes, still allergic, but not to what it used to be. And so we give God praise. We give God glory for what he's done. And we celebrate with excitement for what he's going to do. And a lot of times in our lives, because we don't see the complete picture, we forget to thank God for what he's done. The siding might not be on the house, but the framing is going up. And we can continue to thank God for every step that he takes. And when we begin to give him praise and excitement, we defeat the enemy. Every time we turn our thoughts to the Lord. When we begin to give God praise in our situation. We begin to thank him for what he's done and give him praise already for what he's going to do. Because we come with great expectation. We train ourselves to think this way. We train ourselves to believe the things that God has promised us. Because when we speak, things take root in us. Jesus says in Matthew 12, he says, you brought, you brought of snakes... How can evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of the heart. 
And I tell you this, you must give account on judgment day for the idle words you speak. The words that you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Joyce Myers, she says, The enemy knows that if he can get enough of the wrong things going on in your mind, you will eventually begin to come out your mouth. And your words are very important because they confirm your faith, or in some instance, our lack of faith. So what are we speaking? What are we speaking over our lives? In the moment, what are we confessing? Our worries are Jesus. Matthew 6, it talks in there a lot about different things to walk through and the worries of our regular lives. And all the way through it, Jesus says, don't worry. How more important are you than the birds? How more important are you than the grass? How do we concentrate on not worrying? Our answer to Matthew 12 is Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So we pray about everything. We don't ignore the facts. We understand the facts. But we don't worry about them. We pray about them. And then we celebrate already with God. Because I truly believe as we thank God for what he's going to do, he does. We still do our part. If you need a financial breakthrough, you pray and you give it to God. But you don't go to the keg. Right? We do our part, but we still trust God. We don't worry. We don't lose sleep over it. We trust God. We be responsible. So how do we find the peace of God? We praise him and we worship who he is. Always. Because see, if I'm worrying, it means I still think in some way I can solve my own problem. When I can't. I need the Holy Spirit. I need Jesus to walk through it in my life. And so when we enter into praise, when we enter into worship, that's where we find his presence. And in his presence, that's where the peace of God is. And so do you worship on your own? Do you worship outside of this room? At home, do you worship? In the car, do you worship? When you're at work, do you worship? Do you worship the Lord because it's in his presence there is freedom. There is peace. There's joy. You can rest in, the, in God's presence. 1 Peter 5 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Some of you here just need to know that God cares about you. That God loves you. You're here this morning and you feel like nobody cares. You feel like you're all alone. Maybe you ended up in the building today because you just didn't have, you had nowhere else to go. And this morning God's saying, I care about you. That's why you're here. Just so maybe you hear those words. I care. 
And you can receive the promises of God because you understand that he cares and he loves for you. Second Chronicles 20. Talks about when King Jehoshaphat, the armies were coming against them. They didn't know what to do and so this was their cry. In verse 12, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes, our eyes are on you. And this morning, something's coming against you and you don't know what to do. Are your eyes on the problem or your eyes on God? If your eyes are on God, continue to press into his presence and worship him. And the peace of God will come into your heart and into your life. And you'll be able to walk with a smile on your face, not because everything's great, but because who you walk with, who you walk hand in hand with, you'll be able to receive his peace and walk in it. To find his peace, we need to take a position of one in worship and abiding in Jesus and entering into his rest. It is the one of waiting on the Lord continually with our eyes focused on him and doing what he directs us to do In other words, having a good fear to move away from the thoughts of our flesh to the thoughts of God. To be able to recognize that what's going on in my head right now is not God. And to be able to turn those thoughts to the Lord. To begin to worship Him and praise Him and begin to declare the promises of the Lord. Whatever your situation, I encourage you to go through the Word of God and find the promises of God. And begin to write them down and post them around your house so you see them. And so you have them with you to be able to quote them and to be able to speak them over yourself and over your situation, the promises of the Lord. And as we begin to speak them over the promises of the Lord and we begin to stay in his presence, the spirit of God will bring peace to our lives. And people begin to wonder when they see the fruit of the spirit of peace in your heart, why you're able to walk through calmly and you're able to express, no, I don't have it all together, but I do have the Lord. And in those moments, people will understand who Christ is in in your life and who Christ can be in their life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your peace that comes over our hearts and into our lives. And this morning, Lord, we just receive your peace. Help us to make our thoughts more like your thoughts. Draw us into your presence, Holy Spirit. Help our first reaction to be to worship and praise you, to get into the peace of your spirit. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. And this whole peace of God you don't understand because you don't have the Lord in your heart. And you're here this morning and you just want to experience the peace of the Lord. And you want to say, Chad, I want to invite the Lord into my heart. I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior this morning. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, just with everybody's eyes closed, just out of privacy. If that's you, you just want to receive the Lord this morning. I'm just going to ask you just to raise your hand up. I just want to pray with you. Anybody in the room, just raise it nice and high. No one's looking around. Thank you. 
Anybody else want to join this one? Anybody? Thank you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've accepted Christ before in your life. But like the prodigal son, you've kind of went on a journey. And this morning you want to come back to know the Lord. You want to get your relationship right with God. And you want to come back into a walk with him. If that's you here this morning, just say, Chad, I just need to get right with the Lord this morning. Just lift your hand up. All eyes are closed. Lift your hand up high. Anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone want to join these two? All right, let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to take this one step farther. If you're here this morning and in either one you raise your hand for the first time or you raise your hand just to recommit to the Lord, I'm going to ask you just to come to the front. Come and join me at the front. Take that step of faith and come. Thank you. Give them a hand as they come. Give them a hand. get some of the prayer team to come and stand with them. Got a couple guys over here. Guy over here, lady over here. And as the prayer team's coming to stand with them, here's what I want you to do. We know that as we come to accept the Lord, there's nerves in our lives. There's to come to the front. It causes some doubt, maybe. And some people stay in their seats because of that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person on each side of you and I want you to ask them, do you need to go to the front? If you need to go, I'll go with you. So turn, ask the people beside you. And if they need to come, come with them. Bring them to the front. Anybody coming? Anybody else need to come? Everybody at the front, everybody in the seats, just repeat after me this prayer. Let's let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. A sinner. Today, Father, I repent of my sins. And I accept Jesus into my life. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. Guide me. Lead me. Thank you for loving me. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we just give a clap offering to the Lord? The Bible tells us if one believer comes, or one person comes to know the Lord, they celebrate in heaven. And so we celebrate with them. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to come and worship you. Father, we thank you for the true miracle of changed lives, Lord God. Hearts to come to know you. 
So, Father, I pray for everyone in the room. I pray you bless them, Lord. You move in their lives. That, Holy Spirit, you help us to be a light everywhere we go. And, Lord, every moment that we have a struggle, I pray that we lean on the promises of you. And that, Father, you're able to strengthen us. Let us be that light for you. So, guide us and protect us this week, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.